0: Uh, morning everyone so today um, we'll be going through um, the the Carl Menger's concept of marketability by Professor then after that we've got Keith on can value be measured and then in the afternoon Keith again is constant marginal utility of gold contradictory and we have the uh, award of the the degrees at uh, 12.30 today. So, over to Professor. Thank you, Sandeep. Uh, Good morning. 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 title of my talk this morning is Menger's concept of marketability. Now, I want everybody to say the German word for this notion, marketability. Everybody? Very good, excellent. But don't forget it, because this is absolutely central to what we are doing in the new Austrian School of Economics. And uh, we uh, actually refined the concept of marketability by splitting it marketability in the large there's another English word for that what is the other English word for marketability in the large sale liquidity Sell, uh, yeah liquidity is a good alternative but uh, I also like saleability because it gives you the idea that a good is a particular good commodity is more marketable if it's easier to sell. It's more saleable. So that's the one direction you can go and the other direction is marketability in the small. small. And the other word for it is portability. The suggestion is that you can build up wealth piecemeal by adding bits small bits over a longer period of time and then you have it and when you have to draw on it you this hoard now I don't think you'll find the word this hoard in the dictionary because it's again a word which more or less we Uh, uh, created. But uh, you see, hoardability in itself doesn't make sense because you don't hoard for the sake of hoarding. You hoard because later on you will want to dis-hoard. So converting income into wealth through hoarding and converting back from wealth to income through this hoarding. And that's the basis of the theory of interest. The theory of value depends on marketability in the large. That's the original concept of Menger and he develops it in full. Menger didn't develop the theory of interest. I believe he had the intention of doing so and he was working on it during the last decade of his life but uh, unfortunately died before he could uh, complete it and we are not talking about it now. Looking at this chart it's the right half which we are talking about here today is marketability in the large and the left is marketability in the small. We are not talking about here, but later on during this session we may uh, have time to go into some more details about that. But right now we stay with the original concept of Menger marketability in the large. And uh, as you see, the idea is that we have the spread. And this is not just any spread, this is a very specific spread. What spread is it? The The bid-ask spread. Uh, Difference between the, uh, the the ask price is the higher always and the bid price is the lower always. So you take the difference, you come up with a positive quantity. And the question is, how does it change as a function of quantity? That's the question. That's what we are studying. By the way, it's Actually, more general, the concept of marketability we are going to talk about is more general than just goods, commodities. Well, that's what Mark Menger was talking about. But there is no reason why we could not include um, other things, especially financial instruments, which are marketable, which are bought and sold and that could be bonds, could be stocks, could even be mortgages, there's a market for mortgages and so on, bills certainly and therefore I suggest that instead of talking about marketability of goods or marketability of financial instruments we just talk about items. So when I say item it could either be a good whether it's potato or platinum or what have you but it could also be financial instrument an item could be a stock a specific stock or it could be a bond or it could be some other uh, financial instrument the important thing is that there should be a market and this item should be traded actively. You see non-marketable bonds are out because there's no market for them. (laughs) Uh, It's only the central bank and the treasury and the uh, check kiting between the two. But now we are really talking about a real market, an active market, where a large volume of these items are exchanged on a daily basis, so we are comparing. I'm, I'm in a way repeating what we already covered, but I think this is uh, just as well because uh, I I cannot overemphasize the importance of that concept. You know, I'm, I mean, Menger was very. Uh, definitely driving to that concept, but he had to go through the paraphernalia of marginal of utility, marginal utility of uh, uh, the various aspects of the market, but the purpose o- behind all this was the this concept which he was developing which was very new at the time, and, and, Ma- and, and the credit is Menger's, that he was pioneering this thought about everybody else. Before other people uh, came to the realization how important this was, Menger was leading the way. Now, I feel that the mainstream Austrian school somehow pushed this idea back into the background. I'm not saying they eliminated it, no, they still kept it, but the emphasis, they shifted. They shifted in the direction of the quantity theory of money, or more generally, the supply-demand- equilibrium theory of price. You see, these two, the theory of marketability and various quantity theories are competing uh, with one another for the privilege of Developing the theory of value, and that applies to goods, commodities, as well as financial instruments. So, and they are in a way uh, mutually exclusive. Either you are a quantity theorist, and in that case, you are. Uh, Uh, the the all important concept for you is quantity and how value depends on quantity or you are a follower of Menger and Menger, if anything, is a quality theorist. You see, this is a competition between a quantity approach quantity of money uh, supply-demand-equilibrium theory of price or a quality-oriented theory which is marketability. Marketability is a quality which a good may or may not have or it may have to a larger or a lesser degree and of course what becomes money ultimately has to have supreme marketability and that, as it happened over thousands of years of evolution, it turned out to be gold. But even if the government removes gold, and like Roosevelt, he confiscated the gold of all American citizens, paid them with paper money of uh, dubious value, in fact, over the decade is uh, shocking how much uh, of its value the paper dollar lost. The uh, idea is that the government is really powerless. They can grab your gold, take it away, and if you try to develop a black marketing goal, then they can put you to jail. They can do that. But what they cannot do is, they cannot abolish the idea of supreme marketability. Because after all, there will be a next candidate. Could be silver. Or uh, could be something else. As as you look at the history of money, you know tobacco was money for a long time and very useful money, and uh, then um, various other things. Uh, some some of them very useful, like uh, salt. Hmm? Salt. Salt. oh, so, oh yeah, oh yeah, the very important thing. Salt. Roman times, uh, they paid the military with salt money, and the the military was very happy with it because they could turn it into anything they wanted. They didn't need the salt. They didn't want the salt for its own sake, but they could easily get anything in exchange for it. And uh, even earlier, you had uh, grain and so on, but you had useless things also, like curry shells and uh, various other uh, obscure things. Uh, and uh, therefore, the important point to remember is that uh, the government effort to remove gold from the system is quite futile, because on the one hand, given time, it will creep back and take over and put the government to shame. On the other hand, there will be some other item which will, in the absence of gold, achieve the status of supreme marketability. So, uh, I want you to look at it this way. There is this competition for, for the minds, minds of people. On the part of these two, call them schools, the old or the mainstream Austrian school, and we here at the new Austrian School of Economics, we are quality oriented, and the other school is quantity oriented. And of course, to a large part, this is due to the influence of Mises himself, who was a a professed quantity theorist. I'm not saying he never mentioned marketability, he did. And even uh, observed very good things. But by and large, his thinking was centered around the quantity theory of money. And he he did say that he wanted to improve. He admitted that the quantity theory is uh, not a perfect theory, uh, but he approached the problem through improving it rather than replacing it, as Menger did. I don't think uh, Menger... uh, expressed an opinion on the quantity theory of money. It would be interesting to find out, and and uh, you have a program which can do it. If you could do it for me while we are together, I'd be grateful. My question is, did Karl Menger, in his Principle of Economics, ever talk, talk about the quantity theory of money? what, uh, What I found, but I didn't really study this very thoroughly, is that he, if anything, barely mentioned it. He did not express an opinion pro or con. But I may be wrong, and I would like to have confirmation for that. I think Menger wanted... Later in his life, he was a very busy man. He was a government, of, well, he was a professor and uh, the uh, an author, and he had a school, uh, lots of followers, and so on. And then, on the top of that, he had uh, government offices, the, the currency reform, the question of silver, and so on and so forth. So he had a very busy life. And only after retirement, during the, say, last 10 years of his life, and then there was the war, you see, World War I, which was very distracting. And, and he was one of those who foresaw the ruin, not just the ruin of the central powers to which Germany and Austria, uh, they were the main uh, uh, protagonists on one side but also the ruin of the Entente. He did see that. It was a self-immolation of our civilization. That's the way he saw it. And he he was heartbroken. And we know this, and actually Mises writes very eloquently about this in his uh, um, there's a slim volume, his reminiscences he wrote late in his life. Uh, he compared Menger to to uh, Aristotle was the uh, mentor of Alexander the mm-hmm. Great, yes. The, he drew a, a comparison between the two very important philosophical figures, the ancient uh, figure of Aristotle and the uh, modern figure of Karl Menger. They were both tutors, private teachers, to, um, in the case of Aristotle, Alexander the Great, whose father Philip uh, hired him to groom, the later, uh, uh, that w- he wasn't called Alexander the Great when <laughs> he was <laughs> a teenager, but the future Alexander the Great, uh, he had a tutor, Aristotle, presumably the greatest philosopher of the day. And in the modern days, it was Karl Menger was the tutor to the uh, Crown Prince uh, Rudolf, the son of the Emperor of the Austrian Hungarian Empire, Franz Joseph. And the, it's a very tragic story because the Crown Prince later committed. Suicide, and the way it was presented to the public—that it was a love affair. He he had a lover who was a commoner, and therefore the future king could not, and emperor could not marry a commoner girl. Uh, And and for that reason, uh, they didn't see any. Uh, way to resolve this and uh, there was a, that's the way how it was presented, a suicide pact. Both of them committed suicide uh, uh, together Uh, and uh, that's how it was presented but Mises suggests that this is not the whole story or not even uh, perhaps a true story. There were various rumors that uh, you know, this was just a setup. And the real reason was that the crown prince was not looking forward to become a king, an emperor. He was uh, groomed by Karl Menger with a very gloomy, very pessimistic world outlook. The, he, he did see the decline and perhaps ultimate ruin of our civilization. They did see the great war coming. It wasn't uh, an assassination like it turned out in Sarajevo uh, and it wasn't uh, uh, naval rivalry between Britain and Germany. Well, all these had parts, but what Menger saw was that because of the uh, change of mentality about about, uh, basic things, for example, the sanctity of contracts and the value of money, how important it is to keep the value of money stable and constant and 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 the whole change of the world toward loosening up and uh, making compromises moral and in every field, this made him a pessimist and he radiated this pessimism for several years, as I said, he was tutor to the crown prince, and they were travelling incognito under assumed names, they travelled first throughout the empire, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and when they uh, studied this firsthand, then they travelled throughout Europe and in particular uh, Great Britain but other parts of Europe as well and this took uh, several years and uh, as I say the uh, prince was an impressionable young man and he uh, was under the influence of this pessimistic outlook of his tutor Karl Menger and he wasn't looking for uh, becoming the king emperor and uh, that played a part in is committing suicide. Now that's what Mises suggests and I'm inclined to accept this, that it was more than a love uh, a tragic love story the suicide of the the, uh, crown prince, the heir apparent to the throne and uh, And this explains a large part of of, uh, the background, which one should know, but one would not be able to read about this in history books. So, uh, there it is. There is the competition between the two approaches, the quantity approach, quality approach, to the concept of... uh, the theory of value, concept of uh, uh, supreme market uh, uh, the quality on the one hand and the quantity on the other, which makes gold valuable and we come down in this dispute on the side of quality and I feel although I uh, there are lots of qualifications because this is not black and white, there are shades of different colors, that uh, the mainstream Austrian school would go in the direction of quantity even if it will compromise this uh, very great contribution Menger made, theory of marketability. Now, the, if you look up the textbooks on economics, all shape and shade, different textbooks, different schools, different philosophies, uh, you will find that there's an ambiguity about marketability. uh, This is just an example and there are others that marketability is really something which you measure with the time and effort which goes into selling something. Something can be very easy to sell and other things are very hard to sell. Usually uh, you can think of uh, the precious metals are easy to sell but for example real estate which is also very valuable and important is very hard to sell, takes much longer, takes much greater effort and even a lot of legal work, you've got to check title and so on, all this. So that difference is brought under the umbrella of marketability and you fashion a definition out of that. But I think uh, it's important to reduce the concept to the bid-ask spread and indirectly to market to marginal utility because you know the bid-ask spread which manga needed to develop this theory uh, had this uh, vicious circle. You define uh, value in terms of value, so that's no good, or price in terms of price. It's no good. So we had to go further down to the foundation, dig down to the foundations, and that's utility, marginal utility, and uh, the fact that marginal utility declines, which was a a solid choice for an axiom, and out of this grew the concept of the supreme marketability. So, uh, this Confusion which existed about the concept of marketability had to be cleared up. And I think we not we, but it has been cleared up before us and we added our little bit too to it because we sharpened to marketability in small, marketability in the large, etc. But this is more or less finished. We have it we have a tool, a sharp tool with which we can work. So uh, we have developed the concept of unit of value and, and we have it we have gold is the material out of which we manufacture the measuring rod which will be a definite weight and fineness of gold and then once we have that we can measure value.